Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Night Journal Podcast. So this is uh, episode six, 72, right? Yep, 72. And we're recording live from Jim's house in Michigan. And uh, it is springtime. Spring has sprung here. We're all happy. Right. And so for the first part of this podcast, we're going to do something a little different. Uh, we actually have video rolling because uh, people have always asked us to show video of the knives and things like that. And so... Uh, I brought today um, for Jim and I to talk about the uh, Spartan, or the Severtech Spartan. So you'll be able to hear this, but they'll see this. If you go to Average Iowa Guy on YouTube, you'll see this video. Um, It is an auto knife made by Severtech USA, and uh, it's a big, beefy black knife with a tanto point. Yeah, sort of. So just just to get the specs out of the way, this stuff bores me, but people always want to know this. Blade thickness is 0.176 inches at the spine. Handle thickness is 0.591 inches. Handle length is 4 and 15 16 inches. Blade length is 3 and 7 eighths inches. Overall length is 8 and 13 16 And the weight is 6 and 8 ounce. The steel for this is A2 steel hardened to 60RC. The uh, button and pivot are both made out of 304 stainless. The clip is powder-coated titanium, and the handle is 6061T6 aircraft aluminum. Okay, that bores me to tears, but people want to know that stuff. (laughs) I'm um, crying right now. (laughs) This knife was a... uh, was a movie knife, and it was in the movie Spartan, um, starring Val Kilmer. And he uses this knife quite a bit. He cuts an apple with it in a bar scene. And I, I think the backstory is that he like stole it off of one of the bad guys or ah, something. That's how he got it. Um, it's a big, beefy auto. Uh, it feels very similar to one of these ZT knives, zero tolerance in construction and just overall beefiness. Um, some of the features of this are the machine work on this, on the spine, and you won't be able to see this at home, but, and you won't be able to see this on the camera either, but there are just <laughs> the, it's just the finest little machining points, uh, yeah, they did a nice job. Yeah, I mean, everything is machined very, very precisely, I'd, I mean, I wouldn't even know how to begin to do this, um, but, um, uh, they put jimping, um, if you're a fan of jimping, and some people are, in all of the right spots to be able to use this knife in a lot of different grips. So on the back of the handle, you've got it. Uh, if you were going to use this in a, you know, in your ninja stab, you've you've got a uh, jimping for your index finger to grip on and for your thumb to go on on the back of the handle, and it also catches the hypothenar eminence or that little meat by your uh, small finger. Everything locks in very well. And, you know, there's all these different Kung Fu grips, but they have jimping in all the right spots. Um, I, I like the knife. The only reason I bought this knife is because it's a movie knife. Um, for me, it's not really going to be something that I ever carry or yeah, why would use. You carry it? Well, because it's, I mean, what you do I need ru- that for? Because <laughs> it would ruin the value? Well, that, um, I mean, if I get that all scratched up in my pocket, um, that's... A fairly expensive knife, and let's not burden the listeners with the constant <laughs> clicking like some other people do. Um, but uh, it has the official uh, uh, holes in it to DNA grabbers. Oh yeah, so that you know the blood gets stuck in there, so that yeah. somebody can prove that you used your knife to kill someone. Exactly. Um, again, all of this is theorycraft for me. I have no experience in any of that sort of stuff, and I don't want any. So. The only reason I bought that knife is because it was in a movie. Um, now, any chance there's some screws missing on this? No. 
What are those extra holes for? Uh, so that stuff can get caught in them. Well, they they actually look like there's... I can't see that, but it actually looks like it's stepped, like it should have a screw in it. It, it does in those locations, but there are not, in fact, any screws missing from it. Well, it does, sure does look like there should be... <laughs> Now that I look at it. Yeah, it looks like there could be like a step, like there should be a yeah, screw so there, in there. On the, on the spine of the handle, there are um, four holes that screws would theoretically go through, but there's only two screws in place. And it is stepped and threaded on. I can't tell if it's threaded or not on the other side. but sure looks I mean, like it to me. But Well, and then there's a, there's a little lanyard hole. Um, it is... It is only right-handed, but in an auto, that really doesn't make any difference. You can open it up easily with the left hand, no problem. It's does just the blade. Does the clip it's just yeah. It's flip? just that the clip isn't reversible. Okay. So I mean, you're, but really, it does not add. It does not detract from the knife right. in this particular instance. Okay, so it's a tip-up carry. Mm-hmm. And some people have issues with that. There's all that tip-up, tip-down carry uh, issues. Uh, the typical Microtech was a was a tip up carry, mm-hmm. except this the Socom, the original Socom DA. Uh, show that to the camera here. So this is a uh, tell us what this is. <coughs> That's a Socom DA. I think it's a 2002. Okay. Does it say on there? Uh, it says number one of 98. So it's it was made in 98. One one of 98. Oh, okay, so, so that's, so that's January the year ninety eight. Of the, yeah, okay. year of birth. Okay. And uh, it's got a uh, lock. Oh, so this is actually on the SOCOM we're talking about now. There's actually a liner lock that deploys. Yeah, it, this is a DA. Okay. So it means it's an automatic. Uh huh. And it means it's a. Oh, so you can manually open it too. Yeah. Well, so. Um, the reason we're showing some of these other knives and talking about some of these other knives is this uh, Severtech is a 500 freaking dollar knife. Uh, again, the only reason I bought this is because I like movie knives, and we can get to that later. Yeah. If you're and, and I and to be honest with you, I do not know the value of this, but I've been told that this is fairly valuable. Uh-huh. Um, you know, it's almost 10 years old. Uh huh. 98, 2000. Oh yeah, it's more than 10 years old. About almost 15 years old. And Microtech, this is back in the uh, days when he made knives in Florida. Uh-huh. And, uh, very, I mean, it's a very well made. These were, these were pretty cutting edge in 98. Mm-hmm. Um, if, you're, if you're interested in getting into an auto that, that has, in my opinion, every bit as much um, quality and usability, in fact, I would say that this has more usability, you can look at one of these Benchmade Presidios. Mm-hmm. Um, this, this is... Uh, right or left-handed. You mm-hmm. can reverse the pocket clip, and it's got an access um, lock and opening mechanism that uh, that is ambidextrous you know, as well. I should have I pulled out the prototype of that. And and you can once it's locked open, um, there's that additional that additional lock on it. So mm-hmm. the if I were to carry an auto. Uh, number one, I would be absolutely certain that it was 100% legal for me to carry it. But then, you know, I'm looking more for things like this, yeah. like the uh, Purdue, than I am necessarily the Severtech. That's a um, great knife. That's yeah. a great knife. This is an elegant knife. Mm, which one is that? This is a Microtech UDT. Mm, yeah. LUDT. Mm-hmm. Button lock. It has the same lock as your Severtech. Yeah. And uh, it's kind of a sexy knife. This is from uh, this is from two of ninety eight. And this is called a underwater demolition team knife. Oh, okay. And it's got a, I think these are called craton. Okay. Inserts. These were pretty hot stuff back in the day. Yeah. Um. Then for a while there was a company called uh, Lone. Uh, what the hell were they called? Masters of Defense. Okay. And these are liner locks. With, yeah. With the buttons in them. Uh huh. And they're very Nicely made knives. Yep. That's not a DA, it's just a yeah. button. Okay. Yep. This is a uh, right hand only. Mm-hmm. This is a switchable tip down, tip up carry. Uh-huh. This is also Masters of Defense. Mm-hmm. Michael Janich knife. Okay. Uh, 
And then we've got, uh, obviously, the SOCOM. We've got, this was a Greg Lightfoot knife design that was made by Microtech. Carbon fiber scales, titanium uh, bolsters, and it is a DA knife. Nice. So you and it's got a hidden way. button on it, and I'm not going to show you the button because where the, how, you, how it works because uh, I win beers. Let me with see it. if I can figure it out. Usually, it's on on most of these knives. It's you press like you move the bolster. They did a real nice job with that. Yeah, and it's hidden well enough that I can't tell what what, <clears throat> what the mechanism would be to open that. And the funny and the thing cops is, won't be able to tell either. Well, no, and, and the funny thing about <laughs> this is, no matter how you do it, when you put it in, right in front of their eyes, they don't even see you, how yeah. you did it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, yep. You know, yep. You know, so anyways, that's a and this is and my understanding, these are fairly valuable. I would think, yeah, the the mechanism. You know, because the, Tony told clever. me that it was very difficult for him to make that. I would imagine because I don't know how you would even because when I guess when they did the titanium, when they milled the titanium, they actually tw would tweak a little bit and mm -hmm. they wouldn't work. Hmm. So, well, so anyway, just just uh, thought we'd talk about some different autos and then. Now, this is this is a pretty bad. This is actually a pretty badass automatic. I mean, it's got a heck of a spring on it's, it. Out of all of these, that's the strongest yep. spring. In fact, I have never held a switchblade yep. that had that much strength in the yep. spring. Now, you could they, hurt yourself with that if that opened up in your pocket. They You're, did. They did include an extra spring in there, and I'm not sure if that was just because it was like less springy, or they break, or they break. Um, but anyway, uh, that's the Severtech Spartan. Uh, nice little movie knife. Um, if you're looking for something to carry uh, that's an auto, be absolutely certain um, that it's 100% legal for you to carry it. And out of all of these knives that Jim has on the table, my choice is the uh, Mel Pardue Benchmade. Uh, is that the Presidio? Yeah. Yeah, I, ha I have one of these. I love it. I've got a friend in Arizona uh, who's kind of a desert rat goes out and does all kinds of stuff. He carries one of these. I actually, uh, I actually doesn't don't. doesn't Skinny Dave have one of these? Mm, yep. Yep. So this I is actually pretty uh, widely. Used. I don't. Uh, I usually do not carry an automatic. Yeah, whenever I'm going anywhere, it's just because you can get in trouble. Is well, thing. not like, only that is it's it's like a lot of times the you know one pops open in your pocket and inadvertently yeah. you know it. Well, the nice can thing cause is, issues. The nice thing about the Mel Pardue is. Uh, that lock oh, they, that locks it open yep. also will lock it closed yep. so that you cannot deploy it accidentally in your yep. pocket, which is another reason why I like the Purdue version. Very, very handy. Anyway, uh, anything else to add about the Spartan, and we'll get on with the uh, rest oh, of the it's podcast. A, it's a beefy, I mean, the blade shape is kind of interesting. I, I don't know, you can see it in the in the video. Um, so it's a reverse tando. I've, I I've believe it's a reverse a tandem. I'm not a big fan, fan of, of them. They are going to make a drop point version of that. Now, see, that would be more up my speed. Me too. You know, drop point without serrations, I'd be more happy. Yep. Um, I guess if you were wood carving, this probably would be okay. Like a chisel. <laughs> <laughs> well, at any rate, I think they do it um, because it... Again, well, visually, it's, it's, let, yeah, it's so more let's scary. Talk, let's briefly talk about movie knives. They have to look different than any other knife, and they have to be exaggerated. They have, yeah. It's like all of the features of them have to be like the knife is in drag. Like yeah. it has to be more knifey than any other knife. Right. And that tanto tip is is one of the features on this that I would say sets it apart yeah. visually from. It makes from it. All it makes it more. Uh, it makes it more of a knife. More. Not not more knifey, but more visually. Visually, yeah. um, more more of a knife. Anyway, uh, so, and then movie knives, the reason I like them, I, I won't speak for you, but the reason I like them is that they uh, are good for the knife industry yeah. as a whole. Yeah, so they are. They are. It gets people buying knives. It gets people collecting them that normally wouldn't collect them. They, yep. You know, movie nuts will buy into them. Yep. So. Uh, and obviously with our Rambo heritage, and actually if you go back to the Iron Mistress made, uh, uh, I think that was the name of the movie, wasn't it? Iron Mistress about Jim Bowie and the Bowie knife. Oh yeah, yeah. Was, I mean, those were movie knives too. Yeah, you get all those old westerns that 
they'll take a piece of equipment like Winchester 98 or yeah. there's actually movies just about particular guns mm-hmm. that made those guns like crazy popular. Yep. Same same thing happens with knives. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, the, this is the thing that I would say separates this um, from all the other knives is the level of machining to be able to make this happen. I mean, it's just crazy the amount it's, of... It, it is amazing the amount of machine work that's on there. Yeah, I mean, look at... Every surface has that those really fine. I mean, that's I, I don't even know how much. You, you feel that? I mean, it's so fine that. Yeah. And it's everywhere. How do you even do that? But well, a machinist would probably say that um, it's just that he didn't finish it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. it's hard. It's hard saying. I mean, it might be just a, a simple tool that they put in there. I mean, we're not machinists, so just drags it around or something. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, it is it, it is aluminum, so it would be easier, I would think, to do that. But yeah. Anyway, so that's enough on the Spartan, and that concludes the video portion of the podcast. So give us just a minute, and we will get on with the rest of it here. Sounds good. Bark River Knives offers the best combination of ultra-modern CNC components and old-world craftsmanship. All Bark River Knives are hand-convex ground and sharpened to perfect cutting geometry for the task they are designed to perform. Bark River Knives are available through our authorized dealers. there uh we're actually this is going to be kind of a short one because we're cooking dinner yeah uh we're getting ready to eat like pigs yeah he's he's making a pork loin tell us how you're going to do the pork loin i am going to smother it in maple syrup i'm going to i'm going to fillet it and place cherries to the inside and fold it back up and tie it and then i'm going to put I'm gonna put maple syrup over the outside of it. Nice. And then bake it for. Yeah, we'll we'll bring it up to internal temperature yeah. or like 160. Yep. We yep. could do that on the grill, you know. We could do that on the grill. We probably should. Could do that on the grill. Um, because I, what I'm making is I make a uh, a marinara that has that you cook a a big a cheap cut of pork with some sort of bone in it. And so it doesn't doesn't matter what kind, but the important thing is that it's cheap and that there's bone in there. And you simmer that for a while until the pork is falling apart. You take the pork chop out, and you've got now a sauce that has a real porky flavor. And then I add in uh, whole peeled tomatoes, but I crush them up manually just before the end. So you've got a portion of the sauce that is slow cooked and a portion which is uh, quick cooked. And then I add in... uh, Sautéed red onion, uh, grilled Italian sausage, some capers, uh, some Kalamata olives, and uh, fresh basil and oregano. But that basil and oregano and all that stuff has to come in at the immediate end and be served right away. And then I'm going to serve it with uh, rigatoni. Nice. Nice. And then we'll have some other other stuff. Uh, So I'm up here house hunting, uh, and we think we found a house on Old Mission Peninsula. And beautiful place. Yeah, I don't I don't want to say too much about it now because, you know, there's don't always a chance it. that don't yeah, exactly. It. So, I'll just say once once we're sure it's going to go down and once we're closed, I'll tell you all about it. Um, but I thought it'd be a good time for us to do user emails, emails we and feedback. We got to catch up on. Okay, so Jeff Venture sent <clears> us a uh, a little postcard. There's a woman on there She's got a, a double bit axe, and she's swinging it at these two uh, lecherous-looking guys that are trying to get a hold of her. There, it looks like there's two. Those look like marbles to me, not yeah. vandals. Yeah, they look like marbles. So they knives. they've got uh, marbles, knives, and the one looks kind of vampirish. He's got some wounds. The other one does too. And the lady is like buxom. She's got a low-cut uh, top, of course. It's like 1950s. 
And she's got, well, she's got pretty short shorts on for... Yeah, these are like Daisy Dukes. And she's got like a bloody handprint on her leg from these guys trying to grab her. And she's kicking ass with her stubble-bitted axe. Yeah, she's about to chop this guy's face in. But it says, real men don't abuse an axe. And uh, the one guy that's just about dead is go, goes, cough, bushcraft. And the other one says... <laughs> Susan, give me the axe. I want to baton it through this randall. And she's screaming no and swinging it towards his face. So thanks to Jeff Fincher. Remember, he we talked about him and interviewed him on episode 71. Uh, he will have a new podcast coming out, and they just put up a Facebook page. Please go to that and like it. It is the, the Global Adventure Society Pulpcast, and they now have a Facebook page. I think their first episode is coming up real quick here. So everybody be in on the ground floor, be an OG Pulpcast listener. I'm sure you will enjoy it. Uh, he's an interesting guy. I'm sure he's going to have a lot to add to the uh, podcast world. Yeah, it'll be exciting. Yep. It'll be exciting. Now, uh, who's next? Who do you want to... Uh, Cornelius. We got an email from Cornelius. It says, uh, Dear Kyle and Jim, first off, a big hello from every, from an everytime listener from Germany. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much for your podcast. I always enjoy listening to you when you talk about knives, knife-related topics. If you like, I'd really like to listen to your opinion and knowledge about two topics that I don't know much about, but I'm very interested in. Traditional American pocket knives, now and then. Bowie knives. K-N-I-F-E-S, design and nice. function, uh-huh. history. And history, yeah. As a German knife nut, I always, I'm always interested in your American point of view of knives. I couldn't think of any better experts than you for the above topics. Well, he should get out more, number yeah. one. <laughs> but, All uh, of the best regards, Cornelius. Let's talk about the Bowie first. Um, I... I'm not an expert in that. I I think if there was anyone who I would call an expert in that, it would be Mike, Mike. Stewart of Bark yeah. River Knives. Mike. And actually, what would be best is if we could do a Skype with him and actually get him yeah. on to answer that. Well, question. and you know you know what else too? Another one too is a is a great one that knows everything there is to know about Bowie knives is Bernard Levine. He is another guy that's just phenomenally yeah. brilliant. But Mike is Mike is very very good. He knows a ton about Bowie knives. And um, he's actually manufactured a bunch of different, mm-hmm, and different so actually styles. maybe maybe we can talk him into yeah. doing that. Yeah, because there's a there's a, a a misnomer that a Bowie knife is a certain knife. It when it actually is a knife that's from a certain period of time. Yeah, there you know the style plays into it also, but it's also from a certain time frame. Now, and they look like a lot of different th- different kinds of knives. Right, but if if in the back of your head, if you're from an if like say if you're from another country and uh, you think of Bowie knife, what you think about is a nine or ten inch blade with a clip point on it, mm-hmm. tall, Long. not not a not a short not a short blade, a tall right. blade, big knife with double quillions. Yep, and with a nine or ten inch blade on right. it. And right, right. And uh, and then the argument guys will be saying, well, the original Bowie knife that he used the sandbar was a chef's knife or a kitchen knife. Well, and actually, probably the person to talk about all of that history is going to be Mike, Mike, and we'll get him on. But yep. but as far as the classic, what most people have in their minds, that's what they have in their minds. Now, I have a funny story about that. Uh, you know they're illegal in Tennessee. Tennessee. Didn't know that. Yeah. Bowie knives are illegal in Tennessee. Well, one of the um, one of the first knives that I bought with my own money, uh, I bought a little mini folding Gerber with a, a plastic handle on it, mm-hmm. and then on that same trip, I bought a Bowie knife from Mexico. Did it say original Bowie knife? No, this <laughs> was like it, it was, and actually, it was like it, I mean, I wasn't like a sophisticated consumer of knives back then. Mm-hmm. But I remember it being a very good knife. Um, very well made. Very well made. Had a uh, had a uh, bone handle. Uh, I'm remembering it being full tang, but my memory is not always great. And it had a brass guard, and it was thin and swingy. Mm. And uh, so I got this knife, and I'm like a nine year old kid. And uh, we were on a wild west rock hunting trip and we go out into the desert and there's this place that has these 
uh, cactuses called jumping cactuses uh, because they they release these little ball things and the little ball things are actually little cactuses and they roll along and they'll like form a new cactus from it. But the other thing is, is like you'll be walking by them and they're real springy and they, it seems like they jump out at you. So <laughs> I'm a nine-year-old kid. I'm a complete idiot. I, I would use the word retard, but we've been banned from using, banned that, from using that. So now so you might have been tarred twice. I might have been tarred once, had the tar wear off, and then been sent back to the factory to have more tar put on. But you see these little dots that go one, two, three, four, five on my hand? Yep, 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 yep. So (laughs) that's on my left hand. So I swung this big Bowie knife. I was one of the OG choppers, people. (laughs) I was an OG chopper, only the thing that I decided I was going to chop with it was a jumping cactus. And I hit a limb... And, and the rest of back. it jumped down and stuck into the back of my hand. And I was stuck there on this jumping cactus for like an hour until my dad came along. Gotcha. And he, he <laughs> cut the jumping cactus, but it was still stuck in my hand. And they had... Uh, the cactus got revenge on you. Well, it had hooks in it. And uh, <laughs> like he had barbs. to pull it out with pliers. Ooh. And it was like a real effort to get it out of there. But so they're barbed. They Well, this maybe. I don't know, that's what he called the cactus, was a jumping cactus, yeah. and that's hmm. what, I've I've been back to the same desert, and people, the locals have called it jumping cactus, but maybe, maybe it wasn't, but there were actually barbs on there. So, um, that's my first uh, Bowie knife story. Um, as far as answering more about the history, I think um, there are going to be some better people. That's what it looked like, like this. Yeah. So, if you do a Google Images search... Um, that's basically the cactus that I decided. Yep. At fan nine fan attacked by jumping cactus. Yeah. So, so at any rate, that's what. Um, now let's talk traditional that, American pocket knives. Yep. When we love them. I mean, to be honest about it, it's it's. Uh, I have I have drawerfuls of of traditional po- slip joint pocket knives. Uh, some some from Germany, some from you know American pocket knife companies. Old ones, new ones. What was that um, German pocket knife that we talked about a while ago? That was Harrison Ford's. Oh, it was a, was it a, um, an Indiana Jones? It was a um, was it a kissing crane? No, or a Huberterus? No, no, no. Huberterus? No, no, no. Well, people who are interested in that can go back. I thought we it was a, a Huberterus. That was a knife detective. Uh, yeah, I thought it was. But a, you can you can still buy them. Yeah. Um, but they're, you have to get them shipped from Germany and stuff like this. But anyway, we have a whole episode on that particular knife, which I think is cool. Yeah. My favorite American pocket knives... Um, right now. Right now are case. <laughs> uh, my favorite pattern with case is the elephant toe. Uh, close second right now is the teardrop jack. Um, as my knife that I brought with me on this trip, I brought a... Uh, for 2015, they have a teardrop jack in the Kiranite, and it's Patriot Kiranite, so it's red, white, and blue. You, everybody knows I like colorful handles on my knives. Like I We're just flamboyant. Like them. Well, they should be pretty. Like <laughs> I like pretty knives. Like you know, I like knives that that are flashy and stand out. I've always loved the the uh, acrylic handle knives. I've always loved anything colorful on a pocket knife, and this really tripped my trigger. Now, I turned Jim onto the teardrop jack uh, last year at Great Lakes Island Bug Out, and he we bought it from what's the name of the hardware store in Mackinac City? Um, Kaufman's. Kaufman's Hardware. Yep, both of us bought our um, teardrop jacks from there. We both got bone handled ones. Um, on yours, there's a there. It's a two blade model, right? Yep. Yeah. So his has two blades on the. On the 2015 teardrop jack with the Kiranite handle, it's a one-blade model. And they still have the same master blade. Yeah, it's the same 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 master blade. Compare that. Yeah, it's the exact same master blade, but it, the teardrop jack um, 2015 model is a little thinner. Now I like that knife. Now here's what happened when I landed in Traverse City. Okay, uh, I had to open up a um, sour ale and the the caps on those are not like the caps on your bullshit uh, you know mega produced beer these mm-hmm. are like crimped on there hard <laughs> so I tried all the tricks the lighter I tried the, and I can do it I can successfully do this trick 
I tried the, you know, I tried where you put it on a hard surface and bang it. I tried everything and not could not get it open. So we had to borrow a bottle cap opener, and it was still difficult from the front desk. So to supplement that, I went to Target the next day, and for 10 bucks, I got a Gerber Curve. Um, it's kind of a little throwaway knife in my opinion, but it has a bottle cap opener and a carabiner it's a all in one. Too. It could be used yeah, as a Maybe. It'd be difficult to get the angle on it, but it's got like a little carabiner thing so you can clip it to something. It's got a blade that locks open like an inch blade. Then it's got uh, a small screwdriver, a Phillips head screwdriver with a file, and a large flat screwdriver. So for ten and they, bucks, and they I all lock was, open, and they all lock open. So I thought it was, a, a, it's been a reasonable little thing that you can get at Target for ten bucks. The uh, the Gerber Curve. Um, so if I were to pick, if 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 I could talk Case into doing one thing with their teardrop jack, again, this is one of my two favorite patterns. I would ask them instead of putting a uh, small slave blade in there, uh, put on one and and look and on yours they put an, they instead of putting another blade on the other end they put a uh, a metal spacer in oh, yeah, there yeah, so yeah. there's room in there I would I would put the main blade I would put a can opener slash or a bottle opener slash screwdriver mm-hmm. and a can opener mm-hmm. those if, if a for a knife that I like to carry a lot or that I find useful, I use can openers constantly mm-hmm. and bottle openers and a blade. I don't need 15 freaking blades. I need those three things at right. a minimum. And so, at any rate... Uh, yeah, you'd be very happy with those three things. The thing that I would say is different now about American pocket knives, especially from Northwoods Knife, which is... Uh, Knife Ship Free, mm-hmm. Derek, mm-hmm. or Great Eastern Cutlery, or Canal Street, or Queen, or any of these other places, or Case, is the quality and the build and the fit and finish of the knives that we have now, today, available to you, are way, 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 way better yeah. than they were even 10 years ago. Yeah. I mean, these things are bomb-proof, perfect. They're going to last a lifetime. I love them. Yep. You know, yeah, there there's a big there's been a lot of improvements and, it, and it's funny because uh, a lot of these blades are stamped rather than actually water jet cut or laser cut. Uh-huh. And uh, guys are starting to companies are starting to water jet them now and laser cut them. <clears throat> um, I know Queen is doing some some runs that are yep. that are water jet. But e- even if you take some still in the box collectors from case and you can find them like the collectible stuff from even you know 40s 50s and 60s mm-hmm. compare that to the the regular run of the mill stuff they're making now no comparison yeah. i would 10 times rather have a modern case knife than any older one except that case will not make elephant toes it's the it's the dumbest thing like They'll come back yeah i know they put them in the vault and all this stuff but like that, in my opinion, the teardrop jack and the elephant toe should be an every year knife. And <laughs> and just I'll buy one every year. You don't have to convince me. Like, you know, like the the teardrop. I bought this year's teardrop. I have last year's teardrop. Every time they make another teardrop, I'm gonna buy it. Yep. So come I like on, uh, I like a sleeveboard style too, and I yep. like an English jack. English I've always jack. liked the English jack with easy opening. Yep. English easy opening jack. Yep, is is one of my is one of my favorite uh, patterns. Yep, if you wanna if you wanna see a uh, very very classic uh, American design from World War II, get a U.S. knife. Oh yeah, yeah. So go on eBay and search for U.S. knife, and it it has exactly the features that I look for on a knife. It's got a blade, it's got a can opener, screwdriver, uh, or a bottle opener, screwdriver, and a can opener. Yeah. If, if you've got those It's like a Swiss things, Army knife almost. Right. It's, it's like, it looks like a Swiss Army knife, only it has metal scales. I'm well, a looks aluminum. like an Alox. Yeah, they're al- aluminum scales. It's a real simple knife. It's got a lanyard loop on it. Um, that's another one of my favorite knives, but uh, I don't carry those very much because uh, I have this illusion that they're valuable for some reason. Um <laughs> Okay, uh, let's have another. Uh, okay, 
Let's have another one. You read this one. Okay, this is from Nick. It says, Dear Jim and Kyle, I'm a longtime listener of the podcast and lifelong knife nut. Well, way to be there. On a previous episode, Kyle suggested that the only way to cure knife addiction is to try making your own knives. I would love to potentially try my hand at knife making. However, I don't really know much about what tools I need to acquire. I was wondering if you had suggestions for some entry-level tools, grinder, materials, etc. that would get me started. Uh, thanks for all your work on the podcast, yada, yada, yada. So um, my suggestion would be, if it's at all possible, go to a grind-in at Bark River. Yeah. And you will learn everything you need to know about the tools. There will be other people there who are in exactly your same boat, having never made some. There will be other people who are intermediate, um, where they have kind of started getting into it. They've ground a few knives out, and then there will be people who, there who are masters, like Lon Humphrey. Oh, yeah. And yep. there will be people there that can guide you. Uh, you want to see a master's Skittles. Yeah, yeah, a, yeah, absolutely yeah, yeah. a master. Well, and then, and then the, you and know, Jimmy. of course, Jimmy and Skittles and all the, all the people that work there are actually amazing knife makers, but not everyone there has a home workshop. Right. So I think what he's talking about is like a home workshop, yep, 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 yep. which I would separate from the skills. Yep. So the first, if you want to know how I did it, I, um, started with, uh, and I know this is awful, but I started, the first knife I ever made was after I got back from a trip to the Amazon jungle and I found the machetes to be just suck ass. And screw all of you who say that a $5 machete is somehow like this magic knife. It's fucking not. They're terrible. <laughs> There's a reason they're $5. And the only reason they use those knives is because they're $5 and that's all they can afford. Okay, you can and that's get, a lot of money for them. Right. You can get the job done. But there's so much, so many better ways to do those jobs than with a $5 machete, okay? So I came back, and I knew exactly what I wanted, and I took a lawnmower blade, and I pounded out a parang, and it's been, like, an awesome thing. But to do that, I made a forge. You can make a forge with a piece of stovepipe and some insulation, or you can just make a forge with just fire brick. And there's plenty of videos on YouTube. I don't need to tell you how to do that. Um, you would need an anvil, which you can buy a piece of railroad track anvil from eBay for 25 bucks. You need a hammer. Then you need a way to heat treat it and all that. But again, I've got videos up on how to do all of that. There's lots of people with videos. If you want to start and you, you don't know whether you're really fully committed and you don't want to spend a grand for a real grinder or something like that, then I would start there because that's how I started. The grinder that I originally bought was a Kalamazoo grinder. Do you uh, still have that? I still have it, and I'm moving it up with me. And it's got a Baldor motor. Um, I don't, I don't use that that much anymore. I use my Benchmade. But th this is how I would start recommending. Um, I would recommend that you go to a grind in, and then start from there rather than doing it the way I did, where I just invented, reinvented the wheel. It would have saved me a lot of time. Okay, right. you learn a lot. You learn a lot. Who's next? Uh, Stephen. Our buddy Stephen from uh, Global Warming, Stephen. Oh, okay. He said, I learned of this link below in a safety message at a staff meeting. I wanted to share it since most of your listeners are use shop equipment and or edge tools. It is a reminder that safety requires 100% of your attention, and even the momentary lack of focus can cause serious harm to yourself or others. In person, the video is an experienced craftsman. You know what I mean? We'll just skip the name. Okay, it says My Accident, uh, colon, Sam Angelo. And it's a video on what he did wrong, basically. And I won't. I like won't to walk you into my shop. But he's like got a he's grinder. Good. He's got a grinder. Uh huh. Um, grinders and, and tools will get away from you. Just be careful, peep. Oh, yeah. But anyway, Grinders look are, up that look up that video. Uh, yeah, he's got he's got bandages on his fingers. Yeah, <laughs> he's probably missing one. Yeah, he's he's in he's in kind of tough shape. Yeah, he's, he's got a snaggle tooth, a black eye, part of his ear is gone. Yeah, and he's actually pumping blood out. Yeah, one of his eyes is wonky. Anyway, yeah. check it out. Um, thanks for that uh, link to that video. Uh, let's see who is next. Oh, okay, so there's this character named Plaker who says, Does anyone else 
think that upon photographic comparison, James Noka might actually be G. Gordon Liddy hiding out in Michigan. <laughs> um, do a Google search for G. Gordon Liddy and do a Google search for James Noka. Compare the two, and I think our listener has a point. <laughs> um, we're getting some messages from uh, Brian, a friend of the podcast. Uh, so let's start with his first one. Uh, he has a. He's going to sign up for the video of the summer grind-in, uh, but can you talk, uh, take some time and talk about the grind-in experience at the next episode. Okay, so you're going to come in Friday night. And have a good time and meet a bunch of people. You, the, Friday night is more of a meet and greet. Uh, you're going to stay at the Sunset Motor Inn or whatever the name of it is. It's right or, there. Or it's the cheap. Ferris Inn. No, Sunset. <laughs> sunset is the place to stay. You have hot and cold running roaches yes, at the Sunset. But um, you're you're going to spend like a few hours a night in your hotel. So, I mean, save the money, stay at the Sunset. Now, you're going to go over to Bark River. You're going to go in. You're going to meet everybody. Uh, there'll be a meet and greet. Um, sometimes they do a safety talk. Sometimes they don't. Well, the, at the, the night, there's usually some kind of a... a, a a dinner there. Yeah, they usually on, on Friday, Friday night. night have a there's dinner. usually some kind of a fancy. Who knows catered what it's going to be? Catered in dinner. A lot of times it's like euros stuff yeah. like this. Yeah, we had we had uh, the last one. We had uh, prime rib. Yeah, so you I mean, mean, so it just depends on the time. I mean, it. it, it uh, but the food is always good, right? And it's and it's uh, pretty good. You know, it's always. So the next and the, day... And the booze flows, so try not to drink too much that night. Yeah, and don't drive if you've had even a drop because... Uh, they'll get you. They will get you, and you do not want to ruin your life. So nope. next, um, the next morning you'll get up bright and early, maybe have a little breakfast. You'll probably be too excited. You go over to the shop. Shop opens <clears> up. They give a safety discussion and some general discussion. They hand you um, your safety kit, which includes earplugs and goggles and a respirator mask. Wear the mask, people. Yeah. And uh, then you don't breathe that dust in too much. Right. And then they, um, then you will have time to either grind uh, a blank that's already been heat treated, uh, that is uh, according to one of their patterns, or they will just give you a bar of steel which has already been heat treated, and you, you make, make your, your own. own on there. Um, I would encourage you, if you have an idea of a knife you want to make, just make your own. Bring uh, with you helpful things are bring some um, bring a drawing of your knife. And if you really wanted to be sneaky, what you would do is bring your, uh, the drawing of your knife already cut out, so you can just put it onto the uh, piece of steel and trace around it, or if you really, really wanted to be sneaky, you would bring that as well as some 3N adhesive. Yes. Yeah, and stick to it, it to it. To stick it to there so that you can grind away all the stuff that shouldn't be there. Um, you will spend the day, um, the first thing you're going to do is uh, grind to shape, although the grinders fill up pretty quickly, so probably what you'll do is you'll take that time to drill any extra holes that you need to. And then, get your uh, shit together. Get right. your handle material picked out. Get, what you want to yeah, do. Yeah. So the 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 key thing is, you know that there are certain steps that you have to do, and there are bottlenecks along the way. So if you encounter a bottleneck, then do some other step. Um, and although they they have uh, done a lot to alleviate the bottlenecks by adding there, there's dozens of grinders there now. Yeah. Um, they probably have, you know, just I bet you they have 15 grinders. Yep. If I'm not mistaken, I think they have 15, 15 belt grinders. Yep. And then they have a handful of buffers, and uh, it's it really has slowed up the or stopped the bottom. Not stopped it completely, yeah, but it, there's still there, you there's a lot of time. You never have to feel rushed. Um, and sometimes you might be waiting for a little bit for someone to you know. Yeah, but that's what you have a mouth <clears throat> and ears for. That's Talk right. to people. Um, socialize. So use it. Use it to get to know people. Because yep. everybody that goes there is they're they're, they're the, doing the same thing you want to do. You, you're learning about knives. Yep. And then so then uh, you'll you'll get a bunch of work done in the morning. They take a break for lunch, which is uh, catered in, typically a sandwich or something like this. Yep. Um, and it's not dog food stuff. This yep. is awesome. Yep. Like they have that one. What's that sandwich shop downtown that has falafel and all this? Bob, Bob uh, we just ate there the other day. Babalooms. Yeah, Bob-a-looms. something like this. But uh, anyway, so there'll be a catered-in lunch. After lunch, you go back to work, 
everybody will have a knife finished by four or five o'clock for yep. sure. Absolutely. Then um, the girls take your knife, they pair it with a sheath, they clean it up, and it gets uh, brought to a dinner. Uh, and It'll then it judged. Yes, and <laughs> it will be judged. And uh, the knives, you know, they they give out awards for different things. Um, but uh, I've never won an award there. And that's fine because I've always walked away with an actual knife that I made. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's a good feeling. I yep. mean, it doesn't matter if you're if you're very skilled at working with your hands, or you are um, you're not. I mean, yeah. It, it, most of the people you can there get the help to do it. Yeah, most of the people there. It's the first time they've ever yep. done it. And you can do as little or as much as you want. Yeah, you can you can d- design it. Grind yep. it to rough shape and then hand it off and somebody will finish it. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Like so, you will walk out of there with a knife and it's going to be an amazing. It'll be the if unless you own Bark Rivers or some other crazy customs, that's going to be the best knife that you mm-hmm. that, that is in your collection. The other thing is is that it will be exactly according to your specifications, which makes it special. So you're walking away with an heirloom quality knife. Um, and then the, the next morning. Uh, m- most people go home, but you can hang out at Bark River. Maybe yep. maybe get a second knife done. Most yep. people don't yep. do that, yep. but you can. And sometimes you might be hungover because you drank too much the night before. Yeah. Um, again, there's people, a big banquet. There's a big banquet at yeah, the, uh, the Terrace that, Inn. Yeah, that at, night there's a big, huge banquet with big party and really good food. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, uh, in my mind, that is the way to go and learn how to make a knife. It's the way I've done it, and the way countless other custom makers have yep. become. Cu- the only reason I know how to do what I know how to do is because I went to that. Yep. And they're very, they're very. Uh, it's very nice to to get the input from guys that really know what they're doing. Yep. Okay. You know, they don't hold anything back. Next, next email. Uh, we've answered that. This is actually a, an interesting one. Um, 60 days at sea in the Atlantic during the winter. He did it without a mora and a best-made axe for extra skill points. Okay. Now, this was a guy, a sailor that... Now, I don't know if this is all completely the investigation's been done or not, but um, supposedly this guy was was at sea 58 days. And, and lost. I don't know if he was demasted or what the what the deal was, but now there's some speculation that he really wasn't there for 60 days, and it's a big publicity stunt. But you can look this up. The guy's name is Lewis Jordan. Um, there'll be plenty of different articles on that, and I, I think we can go through this once. I think we can talk about this maybe on a future podcast when everything else is uh, right when it's all settled down. Yeah. You know, because there's a there is a. I did see that, that people think this might be fake. Right. Yes, yeah. and that's what I was saying. I, I don't know if this is true or not. Um, he was rescued. They claim that he was uh, at sea for 60 days, um, and apparently he had a small stove and he was able to eat pancakes and plenty of fried fish. So, be that as it may. You know, How did so, he have fuel for 60 days? I, I don't know. Anyway, that, we're not going to get into it. those are the things they're talking about. Yeah, we're not going to get into it. Wooden boat, who knows? Let's <laughs> see what else they have. Um, and uh, I think, I want to say that that's the last one. Skyfall knife. Oh, yeah, I can't, I can't do that yet. Thumb um, scallops. Interested in what you have to say about the BCNW-01 bushcraft knife. The knife can, this is... Again, from our global warming friend. The um, knife can be seen here, um, and it's shop.bushcraftnorthwest.com. I particularly look forward to your discussions of the thumb scallops. So let's look. Where is he saying there's thumb scallops? Is that there? At the... It doesn't look like anything but a... A knife to that. I bet it's that. That little piece right there. Yeah, that's that's what what I do on yeah. a, on a lot of my knives, so that you can put your thumb on top of the blade and control it. That actually looks similar to the bushcraft knife that I'm working on right now. It looks good. I I like yeah. that knife. Yeah. I think I that would think be a, a very bad. comfortable knife. I visually, I don't know if it if it's like the best thing, but it meets. Looks like it meets most of Morris's criteria. Mm-hmm. 
And it's got, I do like the way that that, it looks mm-hmm. like you can put your thumb on top of the handle scale right, right. And, and interface it with the blade to get a little more control. Yep. That's how, when I'm making knives for that type of work, that's how I do it. Mm-hmm. So I, I think they did a good job on that. Mm-hmm. I like that. How much is it? I don't know. $195. It's not bad Mm-mm. for for that. With and it's the back order, so you can't even buy one. Yeah, yeah. So, so I'm sorry we told you about that. It's the BCNW-01 by uh, BushcraftNorthwest.com. Um, let's see, who else do we have? We got other stuff. Oh boy, we don't want probably want to get into that. Well, oh my gosh, we've got a ton of emails. How much more do we want to get into? Actually, we probably better end this one and cover this. We got to start the, eating. Yeah, we got to cover the rest of these on a future episode. But yeah, yeah, we okay. still got a bunch of them to go. So part of this was a uh, video podcast. Yep. Uh, so go on to the average Iowa guy and on YouTube. That. Yep. On YouTube. And that'll be posted uh, probably before the podcast gets posted, so that there's no lag. Um, how did they find us? KnifeJournal.com. They can find us on Facebook uh, at a podcast, or they can send us emails at knifejournal at podcast at knifejournal.com. They can uh, like us on Facebook. They can friend us, Kyle and and uh, and, and myself on uh, Facebook. You can. Uh, what else can you do? Go to iTunes. Yeah, and download the. Oh, and and give us positive. feedback. Yeah, give us positive feedback. We like positive it's, feedback. It's been a long time since you lazy people have written any good reviews. That's right. Now, one other uh, Facebook page I wanted to mention. This is from uh, OG Glibber. Okay. Uh, KH Daily. Oh, Kyle yeah, yeah, Daily yeah, yeah. is now making knives. Yes. So go on Facebook and find KH Daily knives. K H D A I L Y knives. Doing pretty good. Yeah. He just made some nice looking stuff already. Kitchen stuff and uh, adventure-looking stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep. So yep. Uh, check that out. New knife maker on the scene with a neat little Facebook page. Yep. I, I think I was number five to like his page. Um, also check out the Global Adventure Society podcast. Our friends at Gear Geeks Live and Knife Thursday. Anything else to say? Game, Buck River Knives. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I've got good friends there. Well, we talked quite a bit yep, about Yep, yep. So, anyways, let's uh, just remember, keep your knives sharp and your friends sharper, and we'll catch you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.